The views on this program do not reflect those of ONTV or its board of directors. Welcome to OAA Now, your home for Oakland Activities Association news and information. Here's your host, Sammy Taramina. Welcome to OA Now. Here I'm Sammy Termina, blogger around the OAA, one of the hosts of the last three brain cells and the host of Between Terminas on Orange Radio Television. I'd like to welcome those watching on the local voice on SoundCloud and also those watching on Orange Radio Television as well. A lot to talk about this week. Um, obviously, district finals for football coming to a conclusion, uh, particularly the regional finals impacting OA and my early thoughts. You know, regarding the state football playoffs. Also, we got volleyball as well to talk about um, the region. I mean, there's three OA teams that re- do remain. Um, couple, all three of them got difficult matchups in difficult regions. Um, and then you have, um, like, the send a congratulations out to um, Adams's um, boys soccer team for winning the Division One state championship on Saturday afternoon over at Grand Rapids Comstock Park by knocking off Rockford two to nil. Um, in that one, so congratulations to Adams and in with Adams this year. I mean, obviously with them, um, you really got to look at, um, you know, are I mean, they're especially this class fall. Tw- I mean, this class of twenty twenty three, particularly in fall sports. Obviously, girls golf winning a state title, um, um, winning by forty seven strokes, and then um, adding the boys soccer state title as well. Also, the Highlanders are the defending Division One state champions in cheerleading, um, and you know they're gonna be they, they're gonna be pretty solid this upcoming um, you know winter and also in the spring. So a lot to look at with Rochester Adams, um, and their football team is still playing. So we're gonna break all that down. Um, let's look at recapping. Um, let's go with volleyball first. I mean, before we talk um, football, I want to bring a volleyball. Um, obviously, you know we don't talk much about volleyball, but you know, here's a big deal here. Um, the fact that um, I think the best district matchup of the day was over at Clarkston. Um, you know, between Lake Orion and Clarkston, it went five games um, in the district final. Um, ended up being what I was expecting the district um, at Lake Orion and Clarkston. They ended up going five. Lake Orion ended up taking a two sets to one lead. Clarkston tied it up, came back and won that one 15-13 in um, five sets. Um so whenever we look at it here, um, you know, Clark's moving on was, um, you know, a lot of people had them favored and, you know, kind of went with, with what everybody expected that it would be is, you know, with that matchup there. Um, Berkeley, of course, winning in the district title, um, knocking off Royal Oak. Of course, Royal Oak pulled off the shocker in the first round by upsetting Detroit Renaissance. Um, you know, it was a good win for the Ravens at the time to get to the district final. Um, they had no issue with Oak Park, um, and then winning, and then falling to Berkeley. It was going to be a tough match for Royal Oak taking on Berkeley. Of course, Berkeley's been a team that's been rolling all year long, um, obviously. So, you know, for for Berkeley, obviously, you know, this is like this is going to be the test for them when they get in the regionals. Um, so it'll be really interesting to see what happens there um, with the Bears. Um, pretty much. You know, when you look at Berkeley, I mean, they're rolling. Probably the district I didn't expect coming was the district over at Troy. Um, you know, that was where I had Adams favored um, to win that one, to move on to the next round. Um, you know, but I didn't expect them to get upset by Stony Creek. Um, I, that was a head scratch for me. I mean, yes, Stony Creek has really struggled all year. I know Coach Ross Talbot, um, you know, he's had a, rough, rough year with this team. I mean, this is not necessarily one of Stony Creek's best teams that they've had. I mean, like, um, but they managed to find a way and win that district. Um, you know, I think relying on the experience of Talbot, um, you know, having those deep postseason runs, obviously. Um, so when you look at Stony, I mean, I was really surprised at how Adams lost that one. I didn't expect them, Coach Terry Bogman's team to, you know, Ball in that one, especially with the way they've been playing. I mean, he knocked off Troy, um, you know, and then of course, you know, he had the, um, you know, so that was a stunner for me that Adams would struggle in that matchup, um, you know, seeing what happened to them. So, you know, so a lot didn't expect, um, kind of was some shock, uh, not, I mean, like 
some of the districts I wasn't surprised with um, that came down. Obviously, Birmingham Marion winning their district. Um, Farmer Hills Mercy had no issue with their district. Um, just pretty much everything that I thought would go down did go down. And, you know, so we're going to look at, we're going to preview the regionals um, coming up here shortly here for volleyball. Um, when you look at the regionals for volleyball, um, obviously, um, you know, I'm looking at the matchups here. I mean, like, you know, you got Region 7 at Birmingham Marion. You got Stony Creek taking on Birmingham Marion. And then Utica Eisenhower taking on Macomb, Dakota. Um, when I look at this region, um, to describe it here, I think Stony, I mean, like, Stony Creek's got a very difficult matchup looming. And bottom line is, it's going to be a tough mat tough draw for Stony Creek. They drew the defending Division One state champions. They drew a team that is loaded. With proven experience, proven talent in Birmingham, Marion. Um, Coach Maya Cook over there has done a nice job with that team. They've really lost, lost one game all year, and that was the Northville. Um, and, you know, that was it took a heck of an effort from the Mustangs to beat Birmingham, Marion. Of course, Northville is still in after knocking off Novi with the way they played in four sets. Um, you know, when you look at district finals, and this is something that I've always described before I talk more about this regional here. Um, I think when you look at proven powerhouse teams to play, have to play each other in the district final, I mean, like, you got Northville taking on Novi and Lake Orion and Clarkson, most likely, most notably, um, those two teams. I mean, like, you know, I wondered if they've thought about, the MHA maybe thinks about next year, maybe splitting those four teams up. I think it would make perfect logical sense. I mean, like, you know, because you got proven volleyball teams there, proven volleyball powers there. I mean, Clarkson's a proven power. Lake Orion, we know, has been a proven power. Northville's always been good. Nor Novi's been good as well. I mean, like, you know, when you look at Northville and Novi, you know what I mean? Like, back road usually divides both, and the county line, Oakland and Wayne County line also divides both Northville and Novi. So, you know, so I think the MHA, I think, needs to look at maybe dividing up Northville and Novi and also Lake Orion and Clarkson. I think it would make for really good entertaining volleyball, I, can't, I think. Um, maybe Sun Clarkson or West. Um, maybe, you know, you know, but it that's just my own opinion. So, you know, we'll see what happens. We'll go from there. Um, back to Region 7. Um, obviously, at Birmingham Marion, it's going to be a tall task for Stony Creek. Um, taking on the Mustangs. Um, as I mentioned earlier, Birmingham Murray and all that experience. Um, Stony Creek, pretty young team, not been a consistent team. Um, it could be a long night for the Cougars in that matchup against Birmingham Murray. It really much could. Um, and then on the flip side, you have um, Utica Eisenhower taking on Macomb Dakota. I think Macomb Dakota, with the way they've been playing, I know a lot of people have been saying that Macomb Dakota's been a, um, been really good all year long. Yes, they've been good. Um, a lot of people have been looking at that Birmingham Murray Macomb Dakota matchup, um, which I think will happen. Um, you know, so it's going to be a tough task, but at the end of the day, I just still think Birmingham Marion's got too much in the tank, too much experience. Um, I think they're going to give, um, I think they're going to knock the Cougars out. Um, you know, so for Stony Creek, you know, winning a district title, this year, heck, when a cop from Coach Ross Talbot. Um, but unfortunately for them, I think their road is going to end here. Um, home court, um, too much home court, too much experience for Birmingham Marion. Been the championship a lot. So, end of the day here, I, I just think that the Cougars they're going to have they're going to have their hands full, but it's going to be a really tough task for them um, in this regional. Um, region eight at Lakeland. You got Clarkson taking on Lakeland. Davison and Grand Blank. Um, I was surprised that Davison and Grand Blank were in different districts. Um, you know, just kind of really surprised how that was that came out. Um, but still, I mean, like, but they're both here now. Um, and I mean, like, everything, you know, I think when you look at Clarkston, people are going to say, well, about Clarkston is you look at the Wolves and say, okay, here's a team that, you know, Jets went through Lake Orion, you know, you know, they went through the Dragons. Lakeland, of course, went through an interesting district, knocked off uh, Milford in the first round, knocked off um, Wall Lake um, Central, and then they knocked off Wall Lake um, 
Northern in the district final. Um, so they've been playing a lot of volleyball. Lakeland's got a lot of experience as well. Let's not forget also the history. You know, last season, district final, they put Clarkston West in the White Lake. Um, and Lakeland beat Clarkston in the district final in four games. So really, it's kind of like this. It's like if you're Clarkson, it's basically like back to the scene of the crime because, you know, that's where you lost last year. And, you know, I don't know if Coach um, Allison Smith's team, um, you know, I know it was her first year there, but it's going to be a challenge for them. Um, yes, Clarkson's got experience, but so does Lakeland. So Lakeland does have that experience and they have home court. So I think that's going to make it really difficult for Clarkson. Now, if Lakeland can get like a big time student section there, um, I think that's going to pose more problems for Clarkson. Um, so when you look at this matchup here between Clarkson and Lakeland, I think Clarkson's got a lot of dangers that is written on it for them. I mean, you know, obviously when you look at this matchup here, Lakeland's a very good team. They're a veteran heavy team. Um, you know, they're looking for more. I know they're trying to get to the regional final. Of course, last year they fell to Lake Warrior in the, um, in the regional, um, semis, of course. Um, you know, so that's going to be a really interesting matchup between Clarkson and Lakeland in that one. On the other side, it's a Saginaw Valley, um, league matchup between Davison and Grand Blank. Um, Grand Blank's been really, you know, Grand Blank's been rising as a, as a volleyball program as of late. Um, they've really got some things figured out. Um, Davison, I just don't know what to expect with Davison because, you know, I, I think when you look at with them, um, I think they're riding with house money coming into this dish, into this regional. Um, I just think at the end of the day here, um, I just don't know if I can really see, um, if I can really see, um, you know, Davison knocking off Grand Blank in the regional semis. So, but when I look at the other side, of course, Clarkson and Lakeland, don't be surprised if that one goes five. Um, I, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if Clarkson does move on to the regional final. Um, but they would have, it'll be a heck of an effort for them to get by Lakeland. Um, I really like the Eagles in that matchup over the Wolves. I just think that, um, you know, you know, it's always hard, you know, being on the road. Now, yes, Clarkson's been to more hostile environments as well, but I just think that Lakeland, the way that they're playing, the veteran experience um, that Lakeland has, um, I, I, just, I just think it's going to be too much for Clarkson in this one here. So I'm going to say, I'm going to, I'm going to say Lakeland versus Grand Blank in the, um, Regional semi and the regional final. Um, I got Lakeland winning it. Home court matters in this one. But if let's say if Clarkson does play Grand Blank, um, if they do play Grand Blank, then I would take Clarkson over Grand Blank. So, you know, so when you really look at it here, I just think that Dave, I just think that um, Grand Blank will knock off Davison. And then, of course, you have um, Lakeland and Clarkson. That game's going to be, I think that game's a toss up. So when you really look at that matchup, so I think it'll be really interesting to see what happens in that matchup, but we will see um, how that one goes. Um, and then you have Region 6 at Detroit Renaissance. You have um, Berkeley versus Detroit Cast Tech, and then Growth Point South versus Warren Woods Tower. Um, this is going to be the test for Berkeley. Um, the reason why I say that this is going to be the test for them is because they won a district title last year. They knocked off Detroit Renaissance in the district final a year ago. Um, this year, this season, the path was been, was, I would say like a little semi quasi easier, um, because Berkeley, um, because Royal Oak upset Detroit Renaissance in the first round. Um, so when I really look at this matchup here and, you know, I'm, I'm looking at it, I'm looking at it, I'm looking at it. And obviously, you know, for Berkeley to win, they've got to get by this round and, they got a chance. I mean, they got a good chance here. I mean, I'm not selling the Detroit Cats Tech this year. Really, I'm not with their volleyball program. I mean, like, they didn't win a very strong redistrict. Um, I don't, they haven't played the competition that Berkeley's had. I know Berkeley's had to play a tough schedule, obviously. I mean, they played, um, they had that tough loss to Rochester for the white title. I mean, like, so when you look at Berkeley, 
you know, this is a good opportunity for the Bears to make some noise here. You know, you knock off a good Detroit Cast Tech team, and then you have a chance to likely play Growth Point South, who I think is going to get by Warren Woods Tower. Um, Growth Point South has been playing good volleyball this year. I mean, like, so I'm very curious to see what happens in that matchup. I mean, obviously, Growth Point South won the um, their own district, of course, with knocking off. Um, they had Harper Woods was in there. Um, so it'll be interesting. But in that region all there, I really like um, – I really like, um, you know, Berkeley to not only take the next step as a program, I think they can win this regional because when you really look at it here, I think that Berkeley, you know, with the experience, with the proven talent that they have, um, I think they're going to surprise some people. And, you know, I really think that Berkeley, you know, I like what the Bears are at, um, you know, as a viable program. They've done a wonderful job the last three years building the program up. Um, I, I, I think this is the time for the Bears to shine. And when you really look at that quarterfinal, you know, if they do get there, they're likely having to see Farmtails Mercy in the next round if they do get there. And that's a very difficult matchup for Berkeley. But if they do get there to the state quarterfinal, you know, it'll be a heck of an accomplishment. But either way, I mean, like, it's going to be a very difficult task for Berkeley if they were to get to the state quarterfinal. Um, you know, so either they probably will be playing Farmersville's Mercy or maybe Temperance Bedford. Um, both them proven Bible powers. Um, so we'll see what happens. I mean, like, but right now, you know, for Berkeley, if I'm if I'm Berkeley, I'm taking this one game at a time, taking it one game at a time, one set at a time, um, because I, everything's right there for you. That district looks very manageable for you. Looks very winnable for you. If everything works out. Don't be surprised if Berkeley is in the Elite Eight um, heading into next week. It wouldn't surprise anybody, even though the matchup would be difficult, would be tough. Um, but either way, I think it would, it would be really interesting to say the least, you know, for Berkeley with the expectations they got this year. I mean, like, you know, winning a, winning a district last year. If they lose in the regional semifinals, I think it would be a disappointment if they lose to Detroit Cast Tech. So... You know, so we'll see what happens. I mean, like, I, I think Berkeley's got a really interesting spot here. Um, I think the Bears got a team that I think could, you know, make some noise. Um, we'll see what happens going forward there. Um, and then let's look at f finishing up the rest of the league, obviously. Um, you know, Lake Warrior, obviously, we talked them earlier. Um, I thought Bloomfield Hills, you know, Bloomfield Hills, um, young team, young group at home court, um, knocked off um North Farmington, um, and then got, and then knocked off Seaholm in a heck of a game um, to get to the district final. But in the day, it was going to be tough for them against Birmingham Marion. Farmington, of course, you know, it was going to be tough for them against Farmington's Mercy. Um, and then you look at obviously, um, you know, tr you know, we talked about that OA all OA district over at Troy. Um, it could have went either way. I mean, Stony Creek had a, won that one. Adams had a um, Adams got the district final. I was shocked about um, I was shocked about how Rochester lost to Troy Athens in the um, in the first round. I didn't see that one coming, considering that you know Rochester won the white this year, and you know Rochester was upset by Adams. I mean by um Troy Athens didn't see that one coming, um, you know. So when you look at the um, volleyball landscape, we're still in obviously with three teams still left. Um, if there was a team that I think's got the best chance to get to the to Battle Creek right now, I mean, people are going to say, well, Clarkson's got a good chance. I mean, but yeah, they're going to have to go through Birmingham Marion if they do get there, uh, if they win that regional. Um, I But I think Berkeley's got the best chance out of everybody because when you really look at it here, I think the Bears have a, if the Bears, you know, keep winning, taking, taking it one game at a time and everything, I think Berkeley's got a great chance to get to, Battle Creek. I mean, everything's got to play out. So we will see what happens there. Um, we're going to keep an eye on the um, three regional matchups for volleyball. Obviously, Stony Creek's got a very tough match with Birmingham Marion. Um, Clarkson, Lakeland, that'll be a good one. And then you have um, Berkeley taking on Detroit Cast Tech um, over at Detroit Renaissance. Um, so a lot of volleyball, interesting volleyball to watch out, watch for coming into the season. So coming into the year. So, you know, the regionals, you know what I mean? Then you have the state quarterfinals, state semis, and state finals. And then we're right in the basketball season. So 
you know, so a lot to talk about there. Of course, basketball, I'm already starting to work on my, um, you know, the column already. Um, I already got my top 10. Um, not recent top 10 yet for both girls and boys basketball yet. So a lot to look at heading into, um, you know, heading into winter. So a lot to talk about. Um, let's go now from volleyball. Let's go to football. Um, obviously, we had the district finals this week. Um you know, for football, and um, some of the games came expected. Some of them I didn't expect. Um, you know, let's go to Division Two first. Um, we have the Grove versus Sea Home game. Um, this game ended up being like a tale of two different teams. Sea um, Home came out on fire, up twelve nothing to start off. Um, they had a touchdown from a Colton Kinney, um, and then um, and then Brian Robbins up the pitch option. Um, Made it 12 nothing, but the PATs was a little interesting in this game. Um, Seahome missed both of them, and then um, and then Groves just took over. Um, you know, scoring a um, they had a 20. Um, you know, whenever we look at it here, I mean, like I think that um, you know, when you look at this game, um, I I think you know Groves really proved that they can um, you know Groves really proved that um they can um. You know, they've had Seahome's number. I mean, bottom line is, you know, they did have their number. I mean, I mean, there were a lot of turnovers in this game. I mean, especially on Seahome's side of things. Um, of course, the big play of the game was when Seahome had a chance to go down and score. Um, then they fumbled the ball at the one-yard line. Um, Groves ended up recovering it. And then a few plays later, um, Groves added a 95-yard touchdown off a misdirection from you know, from Elias Kendra, um, you know, they extended their lead to 26-12, um, and then they had the big play as well. Um, I mean, like Jacob Woods, uh, Josh Woods had a, has had a really nice um, few weeks for Groves. I mean, especially what he's done in the postseason. Um, he did, he had a four-yard score, and then, um, and then caught a 20, and then, um, and then, um, Caden Hardy, quarterback for Groves, threw an threw an eighty yard um pass for a touchdown to um Jane Samuel that gave Groves the lead and then like Groves never looked back, um giving um Seahome their eleventh loss in thirteen games um with the twenty six to twelve win um turnovers was the story of that game um really was the um you know and you know it's hard for a team. Like see home, you know, especially when you run the veer. I mean, like it. I mean, like you know, turnovers. You know, it could come back and haunt you, and that's what it did in that game. Um, you know, Groves they had their own mistakes as well. I mean, like, but it wasn't as evident as Seahomes was, and it showed in that game because you know, and it showed because when you really look at it here, I mean, like, um. I, for some reason, Groves has had Seahomes' number. And people are going to say, is it the division that Groves is in? Of course, Groves was in the white this year. Seahomes was in the blue this year. I mean, like, was it the division? Is it the rivalry? I mean, like, I don't know what it is. I mean, like, but it's unfortunate that Seahome, um, it's unfortunate that um, Seahome, um, you know, c- it can't overcome the Groves problem. And, you know, and, you know, both teams I thought deserved to be in the postseason. I mean, like, and you know, one team moves on when the other goes home, and you know, that's my take on it. I mean, bottom line was Groves made less mistakes than Seahome. I mean, that's really what the bottom line was in that game was Groves made less mistakes, Seahome made a ton of mistakes, you know, and it cost him. So, Bottom line is, you know, Groves is moving on the next round, um, taking on Lavonia Franklin, who um, who is rolling right now. Um, they just knocked off Temperance Bedford, twenty-seven to seven, um, in that game. So, you know, so it'll be a tall order for Groves, and we're gonna preview that in a little bit. That game in a little bit over at Lavonia. Um, so we'll see what happens there going forward there. Um, and then let's go. You know, to Division One, we're gonna recap Detroit Cast Tech, Southfield Arts and Tech. Um, this game was a um, played on Saturday afternoon. Yeah, of course, the wind and all that. Um, you knew this was gonna be a very tall order for Southfield Arts and Tech, considering 
you know, the wind, the weather component, um, just it was going to be very difficult. And and it proved it was. I mean, like Detroit Cast Tech won over Safford Arson Tech 25-14, avenging their week one 56-54 um, overtime loss in week one. Um, they did jet the technician to Jessen up the container Isaiah Marshall. They got a big big game from their new Ferris State commit in quarterback um and quarterback um Leshawn Mumfield. Of course, Mumfield did have an impact in the game against West Bloomfield a couple weeks ago, but I think that game was more about um you know Sean Hodges what he did against um West Bloomfield's defense. Um, but when I really look at what happened that game was. You know, it was going to be tough. I mean, South and Tech, they started off, they threw a pick. Almost threw a pick early. I mean, they threw almost threw a pick early. Detroit Cast Tech's defense was very much jumping, was jumpy all game long, very energetic. I mean, like, and then Isaiah Marshall um, ran it in for a 22-yard score to put the Warriors up 7-0. Um, Detroit Cast, I mean, and the Detroit Cast Tech responded. Um, Thanks to um, Mumfield running for five yards out, making it seven to six. Um, then A&T ended up taking the lead. And then Detroit Cast Tech took the lead, of course, when Mumfield found Elijah Jordan for 30 yards out. Um, you know, you knew Southfield's defense was going to be very much testing this game. And they pretty much were. Um, but it was 13-7. But Marshall responded, um, scored from five yards out. Warriors took a 14-13 lead into the break. I mean, you know, and then Detroit Cast Tech had the ball in the third quarter, scored a touchdown when um a 15-yard run from Mumfield. Um two-point trial was no was no good, and it was 19-14. And then Hodges took over late. Um scoring um and Hodges scored late from two yards out. Um increasing the lead 25-14. Detroit Cast Tech's defense did just enough. Um to shut down Southfield Arson Tech, and that ended up being the final score. Um, so when we look at it here, you got to look at from both teams here. First, let's look at Detroit Cast Tech. Um, the fact is that they knocked off two top 10 08 teams says something right there, and especially for them going on the road to doing it. I think the West Bloomfield one was probably the most impressive considering you know, when you look at West Bloomfield with the players they had, obviously you had Kenny Jones there. You had um, Samaj Morgan there. You got Raekwon Nance. I mean, you know, you got Devonta Pittman there. I mean, like, with what they did to West Bloomfield behind the play of Sean Hodges, that was really impressive there. Against a and you kind of, you know, you kind of, you knew that they could get their points. You knew that they could score. I mean, you kind of knew that, they were going to be motivated coming into the game. Um, I think playing on Saturday afternoon at 1 o'clock helped them. Um, bottom line is, you know, when you look at Detroit Cast Tech, I mean, <laughs> when you're a team that's playing with nothing to lose, that makes you most dangerous. So I will be very curious to see how, you know, that game at Macomb, Dakota goes for Detroit Cast Tech. It's a Friday night game. Um, just really how that's going to be. I mean, like, how that atmosphere is going to be. Of course, Detroit Cast Tech, you know, going from West Bloomfield to Southfield, then they're going up north to Macomb Township to take on the Cougars. Macomb, Dakota, they've been rolling lately. I mean, they knocked off Romeo in the district final 17 to nothing on them Friday night. Um, Romeo's offense was really good coming in. I mean, they, of course, a lot of people are going to say well, about Romeo is, you know, they had that two-point conversion win against Chippewa Valley, um, which stunned um, the Big Reds. Um, you know, so that was a big upset at the time, Barnabo. Um, but just had no, just had no, you know, they had a lot of trouble with Macomb, Dakota. So it'll be really interesting how that matchup goes between the Cougars and the Technicians. These two teams know each other quite well. Um, so we'll see what happens there in that matchup. Now on A&T's foot, on A&T side, you know, when I look at A&T, now, next year, you're putting everything on the line. I mean, you're going to be a senior-heavy team. You're going to... I mean, it's now or never for Coach Aaron Marshall's team next year. It really is. Because in this game against Detroit Cast Tech, you had a chance to, you know, at least win a district title, to move on to the regional. I mean, 
Southfield has not been to a regional in a long while. Um, but you could have, they had an opportunity, you know, to, you know, take advantage of what happened. You've already beat Detroit Cast Tech, you know, in week one. You could have done it again. You didn't do it. Um, so now the pressure's on you next year to make sure you get this right. You're a senior heavy team. I think the one thing you got to fix next year is your defense because your defense failed you in several games this year. You know, when you look at early on in the season, when they took on the Troy Cast Tech and Clarkston, you know, allowing 62 and 54 respectively, that's not going to win you games. I mean, and but your defense did improve late, but when you played a team like West Bloomfield, they had their fair share of issues against them. And then, you know, so when you look at A&T next year, you know, you have the offense now. You just got to address the defense and the special teams. If you address that, I think A&T is going to be a good team next year. I mean, I expect A&T will be highly ranked next year in the state. I expect them to. But they've got to overcome, you know, they got to. I mean, this is basically now or never for them next year. I mean, that's the, the spot that they were dealt, and that's the spot they're in. You know, if they don't if they don't win next year, if they don't have success next year, they're not going to win, you know, the next year. I mean, in two years, you're going to really struggle. So, you know, when you really look at A&T, um, you lose so much next year. I mean, like, not, not this upcoming, not with this team, not this class, but next year, you know, when you look at here next year, it's now or never for A&T next year. So, you know, so for A&T next year, you know, a lot coming back. Um, you know, you're going to have a lot of, you know, so when I look at A&T, um, it's now or never for next year. Really is. Um, let's look at Rochester and Adams. Um, and this was a, up, this what this was a scare in the making over at Adams. Um, Especially, especially in the first half when I thought Rochester was the better team in that first half against Adams. I mean, they were dominating Adams. They controlled the tempo against them. You know, Alex Bueno had a huge touchdown um, run in the, um, you know, he, he controlled the tempo in the first half against Adams. Um, you know, and a lot of people, and a lot of people were talking, oh my goodness, could this happen? Could this happen? Could this be the upset for the first time since 1996? Could this have happened? 24 straight, I mean, like, losses? I mean, it was there Friday night. It was there at Adams Friday night. I mean, but then Adams ended up, um, you know, in the third behind a fake punt. Went, went for a touchdown. Tied it up. Rochester responded with a Grant Calcano touchdown. Um, taking a 14-7 lead, then Parker Pico took over late. And Parker Pico took over, and that was basically your whole ballgame. Um, Pico added a, um, Pico, of course, he, um, you know, 21 unanswered. He had a rush, he had a 68 yard rushing touchdown. Um, and then he found Demarcus Rouse for a 20-yard passing score. And then he had another five-yard score from five yards out. Um, really putting the game away. Um. You know, Adams winning that one, twenty-eight to fourteen. But there is some. There, Adams does have some concerns. I mean, I mean, they, there's times that they just don't look. They, I don't know if it was that they looked interested against Rochester, or if Rochester had a heck of a game plan against them, or they might have found what Lake Orion had success against Adams, which was basically run it down their throats. Um, you know, but. For Adams, to me, their defense is a big concern. It really is when you look at Adams. I mean, they don't have a lot of depth. I know the injuries have hurt Adams. Um, but, you know, when you look at this game here, Rochester played. They they were in it with them. They were in it with them. And, you know, throughout the throughout there, it just – and, and for Adams to score on a fake punt, you know, that tells you something here that – you know, for Adams, to me, there's some concerns with Adams. There really is. I mean, like, if there's a team that right now, I would say that's in some trouble right now, it's Rochester Adams. I mean, if you just imagine this. If they didn't have Parker Pico right now, Adams is not playing right now. That's really what it is right now. It's Parker Pico carrying Rochester Adams right now. That's really the bottom line. If you know, I mean, like, Adams really, you know, for them, they need to ride Pico. 
Rely on Pico. You know, if he can, I mean, because he's the one that's been, you know, carrying Adams throughout the postseason right now. That's really been what Adams has been right now. You know, is, you know, and if he struggles, he gets shut down, Adams gets shut down. That's really what the bottom line is. And that's the hard truth here for Adams. Is if you shut down Parker Pico, you shut down Adams. That's really what it is right now. Um, so that's my take on Adams right now. Um, for Rochester, heck of a year for them. I mean, you know, getting in the playoffs, I'm knocking off Detroit Renaissance on that last game last day, um, you know, in the week nine, and then upsetting Stony Creek to um get to the district final. Um, you know, the Stony Creek upset. That was a that was a shocker, of course. Um, scoring that touchdown late from um, Alex Bueno to Grant Calgano. Um, Rochester loses a lot next year. I mean, they lose Bueno, you lose Calgano, you lose um, you lose Jaden Bolden. Um, that's gonna be some hard shoes to to replace next year for Coach Eric Vernon. Um, you know, but um, it'll be very interesting to see what happens with Rochester. Um, when you look at the Falcons, um. Curious to see what happens with them next year. Um, really am. So we'll see what happens there. Um, but for Adams, you know, you know, for them, I mean, your defense is a big concern right now when you look at Adams. Um, Clarkston 49, Davison 40. Um, you knew this game was gonna be a shootout. I mean, you 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 knew that this was going to be a shootout. I mean, like both teams had high scoring offenses. Um I knew Clarkson's defense was a cause of concern, um, but for Clarkston, lucky for them, they have a very good offensive line led by Cole Dillinger, and they have a guy by the name of Ethan Clark. Um, Ethan Clark had 336 rushing yards and six touchdowns against a good Jacob Wingard's defense. Davison, you know, coming in, had the number one seed in the district. They knocked off Clarkston week one at Michigan. Um, and they were riding a lot of confidence. This game ended up being a shootout because one, you know, Ethan Clark, he went nuts. Clark has been nuts all year long, obviously. I mean, you know, you look at Ethan Clark, you might want to compare him to Ian Erickson. Um, I've had people ask me about Ethan Clark and Ian Erickson. And that is a high, high, really high regard when it comes to Clarkson. I knew this kid would be good. Even in youth football. He was very good. He was a special kid. He had, um, I remember him making moves like crazy. And he, and he made, he made some crazy moves in this game. I mean... Early on, I mean, like, early on, he, I mean, like, he led him out the way, um, he had a 12-yard score to start off, 7 up, and then, you know, Davison answered, 7-6. Clarkson answers again with a Clark touchdown, 26-yard one. Davison would answer again. And then, you know, it ended up being a back-and-forth game between 8 and 15 points, you know, and then... It got really interesting in the fourth quarter when Michael, when um, Jalen Flowers added a touchdown for Davison, take making it 42-40. <laughs> so I'm thinking, okay, so I'm thinking, okay, this Davison's going to tie this one up. You know, knowing them, you know they got they have the player they have the player of the year and a Carter Herman, Saginaw Valley player of the year. Um, their quarterback has been really good all year long. Um, but Clarkson's defense held. And then they shut down Davison the rest of the way. I mean, bottom line is, you know, you got to get credit to where credit's due. You know, Ethan Clark had a heck of a game. I mean, he's been like this all year long. And, you know, and you got to give Clarkson's defense a lot of credit. Even with how beleaguered that defense is. You know, yes, they got playmakers there. You got Kavanaugh Dighton. You got Desmond Steppens there. You got, you know, you got, um, but the bottom line is, for Clarkston, for if they want to make the next step, they have got to fix that defense and quick. 
I'm not being mean to you here, but I'm telling you here. You give up 40 points in a postseason game, that's not going to cut it. I know they've given up over 40 the last two weeks. I mean, and they've given up over 40 in the last few games. I mean, they gave up 41 last week to Lapeer, and then they gave up 40, 40, um, 41 to Lake Orion a couple weeks ago. So that, to me, is a danger for Clarkston. Their defense is a big problem. And when you look at Clarkston, if they want to make it to Ford Field, they have to shore up that defense. Because if they don't shore up that defense, there's going to be some trouble. And, and that is a big concern. If you're Coach Justin Pinter, you have got to address that defense. Because you can't go in there and say, um, please offense, please bail me out. Because sometimes in life, you know what I mean, there's going to be teams that are just going to come in there and are going to come in there, you know, and shut down Ethan Clark. Force Mike Hine to throw the ball. You know, that's not easy. That's not easy to do, being like, you know, for Clarkson. I mean, like, and then your defense has to find a way to pick him up in games. And I don't know if I can trust his defense right now with the way that they're playing. So, for Clarkson, defensively, I'm really concerned for them. Offensively, just ride Ethan Clark, ride that offensive line, and the offensive line of Clarkson, they deserve a ton of credit. They're the ones that are giving Clark the opportunity to, to fill the holes. They're the ones that are that are doing the dirty work. You know, Clark's getting all the um all the attention, all the accolade, but give credit to that offensive line. Really, that's what it is. I mean, but the defense side of the football, that's a concern. That's where Clarkson's got to address. That is a big time concern. And when you look at that side of the draw. In Division One, obviously, people are going to talk about Caledonia's win against Rockford. You know, that was a crazy game right there. I mean, like, that ended up being a low-scoring game. It was 3-3 most of the game. Then it was 6-6 um, in the overtime. And then Rockford scored to make it 13-6. And then Caledonia scored um, to make it 13-12. And then their um, players asked the coach, you know, of Caledonia, you say, you know what, let's go for the win here. Let's go for the win. Coach was against it a little bit, but then he went and went to players. And and then their their best play was a quarterback, um, quarterback misdirection. Pow! Caledonia upsets Rockford, and you know, that district that side of the district's wide open. Cause on the flip side, you got Grand Ledge taking on Caledonia. And then that matchup here, that's an interesting matchup because when you look at that matchup, Grand Ledge runs severe. They're a veer team. Caledonia, you know, we've, we've seen Caledonia this season. I mean, of course, they played North Farmington early in the year. I mean, they put up 66 on North Farmington. That's the most points the Raiders have given up. And Caledonia, they're a very good team. I mean, their only loss was the Rockford. Rockford tore them to shreds. It was 28-15. to And then they got a measure of revenge. So... That's going to be who the winner of Clarkson versus Adams gets. So, you know, so I'm going to be very curious to see how that matchup goes. Really curious to see. Um, and then let's go to, um, let's preview these next two games, obviously. Um, obviously, let's go to Division Two first. Got Livonia, Franklin, and Groves. Um, a lot of people have asked me about this matchup. And I've said, look. This is not an easy matchup for Groves taking on Lavoni Franklin. I mean, Lavoni Franklin, their only loss of the year came against Belleville. And Belleville just, they had problems with Celine last week. I mean, yes, Celine's got a heck of a quarterback in CJ Carr. I thought Celine would have beat Belleville. Um, but, you know, when you look at what's been going on, obviously with Coach Jermaine Crowell being suspended for the last two weeks because of an investigation, um... I mean, like, um, but bottom line is, you know, Belleville, a lot of people say, well, is this Belleville's chance to repeat? Belleville's chance to repeat? I don't know. I mean, like, I don't know. But back to Livonia Franklin. I mean, that was Livonia Franklin's only loss was to Belleville. And, you know, Belleville, you know, and that was a heck, and that was a blowout for the Tigers over the Patriots. I mean, the Patriots, they got a good quarterback, good running back. Um, 
it's going to be a tall order for Groves um, taking on a Livonia Franklin team that's been rolling. I mean, they knocked off Dearborn Heights Crestwood two weeks ago, and then they knocked off um, Temperance Bedford last week. Um, and then here's Groves. Obviously, Josh Woods at running back has really excelled them, um, really given them an element that they've been looking for. Um, Caden Hardy's been playing well at quarterback. He's been able to stay healthy all year long. Um, and I think that's a big plus for Coach Brenda Flaherty's team. Um, I think the travel going to Labonia, that's going to play a factor in this game. Um, and, I, and that could. You know what I mean? It, it could obviously play a factor. Now, the last time an OA team went into Livonia, of course, that was in 2020, obviously, with Oak Park. Um, we know an Oak Park story, what they did. Um, you know, 0-6, and then all of a sudden becoming whole, and then going on that postseason tear, um, you know, before they ran to Warren D. LaSalle. Um, does Groves have that same magic in them? I don't know. Um, but they have a shot against Savonia Franklin, but it's going to have to, it's going to take a heck of an effort. I mean, Yes, Livonia Franklin and Livonia Churchill, they're both two different teams. Um, when Oak Park played Livonia Churchill, you know, that was an interesting match because Oak Park had nothing to lose in that game and everything to gain. I mean, that really was what it was. Um, but give props, give credit where credit's due. Um, and that one, Oak Park won that one against Livonia Churchill. Now, this is a much difficult matchup for them. Um, this is a very difficult matchup for... Um, for um for Groves against Savonia Franklin um in this matchup. Um but I think Groves' defense should be up to the task in this one. Now I don't know if they're offensively is Groves up to the task. I mean obviously taking advantage of several mistakes that Seahole made last week against um you know in that game last week. I mean that really said a lot there. Um but bottom line is, you know, when we really look at it here um, it's a difficult matchup for Groves going out there to Livonia, taking on the Patriots. Just a difficult matchup, to say the least. So I'm going to take in this game, um, I'm going to take Livonia Franklin in this one to knock off Groves. Um, it's going to be a tall, tall order for them. Taking on a um, Patriots team that's been really good. If it were Seaholm in this matchup, I think the Veer would have gave Livonia Franklin problems. Um, I think Seaholm would have had a better chance here, but... With Groves here, I just think it's a, Groves is a little bit more offensively sophisticated. Um, you know, a little bit more easier to figure out offensively than Seaholm. So, in this matchup here, I'm going to take um, Livonia Franklin to move on um, past Groves. If Groves were to move on past Livonia Franklin, likely rematch with Warren D. LaSalle could linger in the, in the um, Division II state semifinals. Um, but I just don't know if I see it. Um, when to really look at it here. So it'll be a tall task. So we'll see what happens in that matchup. But tall order for Groves this week, taking on a um, very good Livonia Franklin team, as mentioned. So we'll see what happens in that matchup. Um, now we look at, obviously, I'm gonna before we talk Clarkson Adams game, which that's going to be really interesting. Games on Bally Sports Detroit um, at 7.30. Um, kickoff from Clarkson on Friday night. Um, let's talk the Saturday game at... Um, Grand Rapids Comstock, uh, um, East Kentwood, you got between them, um, Grand Ledge and Caledonia. Um, Grand Ledge runs severe. Caledonia has been a team that's been riding on house money. Um, Caledonia, of course, upset Rockford last week over at Rockford, 14-13 um, in overtime, um, double overtime. Um, and this is an interesting matchup here. I just think Caledonia will find a way. Too much offense, too much um you know, I, but Grand Ledger, I think, will be in this game with the Veer. Of course, they did knock off Belt Brighton earlier in the year, in, early in the postseason. Now, Brighton, didn't, albeit, didn't have their starting quarterback. Um, then they knocked off Lansing Holt 21-20. I just think Caledonia will be too much for them in this game. And I think the Fighting Scots will move on to take on either the Wolves or the Highlanders in the next round. So, let's talk Clarkson Adams. Um... Here's a matchup where you have two teams that are riding their stars. Um, this is a rematch of a Clarkston win over Adams earlier in the year at Adams. Um, and Clarkston ended up winning that game. Um, they wore Adams down. The play beat the Clark was the difference. Um, 
I think it's going to be really interesting to see what happens here in this matchup. Um, now, Adams relies on Parker Pico to carry them. I mean, that's no secret what he's been doing. Pico has been playing good football lately. I mean, he has been playing... I mean, Pico's been playing really good football. I mean, like, he's ran the ball. He's thrown the ball. I mean, like, it's been in the right time. I mean, he's been in the right right places. I mean, bottom line is, when you look at this matchup, um, I think it's going to be, um, you know, when you look at this game, I mean, like, this is a rematch of a, um, you know, when you look at, um, you know, this is a rematch of a, um, of a game that Adams, um, lost earlier in the year. I mean, that's really what it takes is, you know, is, you know, you look at obviously, um, you look at obviously with, um, you know, with, um, Adams, I mean, like Adams, you know, this is the a score in that game was 45, 35 Clarkson over Adams. So that was the score of that game. So Adams wore them down and that's really what it was. I mean, Ethan Clark had a big night in that one. Ethan Clark had a big night in that game against um against Rochester Adams. I mean, like, and Mike Hine, even first play from scrimmage, I remember what he did against them. He had a big night against them. I mean, I mean, like, Ethan Clark went over 300 yards total offense, you know, and it was stunning. So I think when you look at this game, whoever shows up, what star shows up in this game is going to be the key. But when I look at the matchups and I study all the matchups offensively, um, offensively, you know, uh, up front, I got to give Clarkson the edge up front. Obviously, Cole Dillinger makes a, makes a big time factor there. Um, Hassan Murray's had a nice year for Adams up front as well. I mean, like, so it's an interesting matchup. Um, and then you look at the quarterback matchup, Parker Pico versus Mike Hine. I mean, you're taking obviously Parker Pico or Mike Hine, but Hine had a big game against Adams in back in week three. When he went nuts. But a lot of that is going to come down to is can Adams' defense shut down Ethan Clark? That is going to be the key if you're Rochester Adams. If you're the Clarkson defense, you know you got to shut down Parker Pico. That is the big difference. If you shut down Parker Pico, you shut down Adams. That's really how it goes. Yes, Adams runs severe. Yes, both teams have very good tight ends. I mean, Adams, obviously, with Brady pre-scoring. Um, Clarkson, of course, with them, with Black Cozen. With Blake Cozen. Um, obviously, you look at both teams, obviously, have good rushing attacks. Trevor Fonte at Adams. Um, and then you look at Ethan Clark with Clarkson. Wide receivers. I would have to take Adams in that matchup. I mean, Logan, Nick Patera, obviously. Um, defense. I would take... Defense is where I think this is where this could have the making of a shootout again. Because neither defense has really been that impressive in the postseason. Um, you could say with Adams, I mean, like the 35 against Lake Orion, that is a concern. Um, yes, they allowed 14 last week. But Clarkson the last two weeks defensively has been just absolutely alarming. 40.5 points per game. That is a concern. Now, with Hells Clarkson's, their offense has been really good. I mean, that's really what the point has been. I mean, their offense has been, you know, the playing lights out. Obviously, the play of Ethan Clark. You have the line play. It's been really good. Mike Hines has been really good when he's had, um, you know, has had his moments. Um, but I think the key here is going to be is can Clarkson's defense, you know, can they hold against Adams? Can they find a way Make plays against Severe. I know the Veer's a very difficult offense to stop. It's going to be, you know, it'll be really interesting there. But you know when you're taking on a team like Clarkson who runs Severe, who has that option offense, it's going to be very difficult. Now, Clarkson runs the RPO offense, obviously, with um, Ethan Clark, Mike Hine at quarterback. I mean, like, and I think that's an interesting matchup there. I mean, it, the question, the key game, the key is going to be for me in this game is going to be this. Who wins the battle up front? That's going to be the key. Because whoever wins the battle up front is going to win this game. Home field, it don't matter in this one. I expect Adams will bring a lot of people to Clarkston. And I expect the Clarkson faithful to be out in full force. 
Um, of course, the game is on Valley Sports Detroit Plus. So you know that's going to get a lot of attention to the state. That's why it's a 7.30 kickoff. Um, I am surprised there's a lot of Saturday games, though, being played. I'm really surprised um, throughout the state. But I understand why some teams want to play Saturday at 1 o'clock. Because, you know, it gets them ready, you know, for the state semifinal games, which is played. All games are played on Saturday at 1 o'clock. And, of course, you have the Division 8 state finals. I think that takes place next week. So, we're going to see what happens. But when I look at this game on paper, you know, I remember the 45-35 game from week three, um, that does come into play. Now, the weather could be an, another factor. And the weather could be a big-time factor in this game. <laughs> because, you know, when you have a clear night, when you have a nice night, a warm night, you know, that tends to really open up the passing game. That tends to, you know, you have nothing to worry about when it comes to weather. But now here, it's going to be cold. It's going to be chilly. I've been hearing it's going to be in the low to mid-30s for the, for a kickoff. So when I look at this game here, and I think here, um, it's this will favor the ground attack. You know, I think this favors running attacks. Both teams have good running attacks. Um, Adams, obviously, with Pico at quarterback. Um, and then you look at, but at Clarkson doesn't, I mean, but Adams does have other options. Um, Tate Pico can run the ball too, if need be. Um, and then you look at, um, Clarkson obviously run Ethan Clark. I mean, that's going to be the key because that's where Clarkson's going to rely a lot on is Ethan Clark. Because if he gets shut down for Mike kind to pass, you know, that could be, that could have some issues. So when I look at this game here and do my projection, I'm looking at it from who's got the advantages up front, who's got the advantages who can run the ball. Both, both teams are running quarterbacks. Both teams are more than capable of getting to Ford Field. I think the winner of this game is going to Ford Field. Um, that's what I'm believing. That's what I'm, I'm thinking. In this game, I'm going to take Clarkston in this game for several reasons. One, Adams has proven they have not been able to stop Ethan Clark. Two, the first play of that game when Mike Hine went nuts for 60 yards on a first play from scrimmage. That tells me something right there. Three, I think Clarkson's defense finds a way in the second half. If they can find a way in the second half, like they did the first time over in Rochester, then it could be a very much the same result. Um, another reason, home sweet home. Clarkson's at home. Clark, this is I think this is Clarkson's fourth home game this season. I mean they, I mean like they played. No, they this is their fifth. Um, they played um Lapeer in the playoffs, and they played um, and they played um. Now they're gonna be playing this game. So this is their fifth home game. So a fifth time the Wolves are going to be wearing blue-blue um, in this matchup. Um, Adams, um, we know they've been battle-tested on the road. Um, but I just think at the end of the day here, I think if this comes down to a depth game, depth wears them down, you got to take you got to take Clarkson over Adams in this one because of depth. I think depth and injuries are a big-time factor. I think Adams got a lot of injuries right now. Um, it comes down, if it comes down to a game of attrition, I got to take Clarkson over Adams. Um, that's really where, um, I'm leading on here. Um, now it wouldn't surprise anybody if Adams did win this game. Um, if Adams does win this game, Parker Pico would have to be a big part of it. Um, <laughs> but I just don't know if I see it. I mean, considering I think Clarkson's got more playmakers, um, especially, you know, yes, their defense has been beleaguered. The last few weeks, but I just think the Wolves find a way here behind the play of their offensive line, behind the play of Ethan Clark, behind the play of Mike Hine. Um, I just think they're going to find a way and, um, and move on past the Highlanders and um, get to the um, Division One State semifinals. If it were, which I think if 
if it was Caledonia, then I expect it probably be over at either, you know, maybe in East Lansing, maybe in Lansing area. Um, if it is Grand Ledge, I expect to be at Howell. So, you know, so we'll see what happens um, heading into the Division One um, state semifinals. We are guaranteed for sure that an OA team will be in the Division One state semifinals. Um, if it is Caledonia, Caledonia, let's not forget they do have experience traveling east. They went to Oakland County and played North Farmington. Um, so we'll see what happens going forward in that matchup there going forward. All right, everyone, we're signing off here. Make sure you stay tuned to the blog at sagamay4650.blogspot.com um, for all the information regarding the um, volleyball regionals, volleyball pre the volleyball tournament, and also the football tournament going forward here. All right, everyone, we're signing off here. Take care. God bless, and I'll see you all next week, everybody.